This episode is brought to you in part by The Table Podcast from the Hendricks Center at Dallas Theological Seminary. I'm Daryl Bach, one of the hosts, and I invite you to join us as we discuss issues of God and culture, which includes anything and everything. Listen on your podcast app or at dts.edu slash the table. Hey everyone, and welcome to a special episode, holiday collaborative episode of Quick to Listen and The Calling. I'm Morgan Lee, and I'm an assistant editor here at Christianity Today, and today in the studio we have two of my colleagues. Would they like to introduce themselves? I'm Richard Clark. I'm the online managing editor for Christianity Today and the host of The Calling, which listeners of The Calling already knew. And I'm Mark Galley, editor-in-chief at Christianity Today, host of nothing. I guess I'm co-host of co-host. Quick to Listen. <laughs> Never mind. I just think of, I still, I still want to give my deference to Morgan. She has lots of experience in this role. I'm the captain host. She's a captain host, yeah. Whatever that means. All right. Well, hope everyone had a really great Christmas. But today we're going to do something completely different than what we normally have for the shows. We are going to play an end-of-the-year game. You may ask, what is an end-of-the-year game? And I will tell you the rules right now. So I have asked each CT podcast host, including myself, to come into the studio today with three of their favorite things from 2016. These can be current events, pop culture moments, something in their personal life, a book, a television show, a movie, whatever they would like. Each host will get 30 seconds to make a pitch or an appeal to the rest of us about why their one thing is the best thing of the year. And we will do three rounds of this. After each person makes their 30-second pitch, we will have an open conversation slash dialogue slash dispute to be seen um, for five minutes. Then I'll make a decision about which one I think is the best. And don't worry, everyone, Mark and Richard agreed that they should both give me this job because they appreciate my taste. And we have complete confidence in your objectivity as a journalist. Good. Good. This is such a vote of confidence from everyone. Of course, uh... We're both your supervisors, so of course you'll weigh that into the consideration, I'm sure. Uh, how do you weigh that into consideration? <laughs> if you have two supervisors, oh man, you ch- choose your Which direct one can one? do yeah, more yeah. for you? Yeah. So actually, we might have more respect for you if you completely ignore us and do your own thing. We like that independent thinking. Mark, I've already taken into, your, into account your counterintuitive logic okay. <laughs> and mind games when it comes to playing this stuff. Have no fear. I'm just going to tell everyone the order we're going to go in just so you guys can all be prepared. And like I said, again, we're going to do three rounds of this. For round one, the order is going to be Richard, Morgan, and Mark. For round two, the order would be myself, Mark, and Richard. And round three is Mark, Richard, and myself. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm, I've been agonizing over this for s- several days. One of my favorite things to do is I- end of the year list, and so I was glad we figured out a way for CT to do one that I could be involved in. I have a timer, which Richard will see here and everyone will see here, and it, oh, it lets people know about the 30 seconds that they have. It's not subtle. Without further ado, let's start round one. Richard, the time will start as soon as you begin speaking. Okay, so I'm bringing Arrival. It's a film. Um... I saw it a couple of months ago and with my wife. And uh, the thing everyone will tell you is like they cried a lot in the movie. It's a very sad movie, but it's also like a really understated but powerful um, case for the value of human life in and of itself. Um, and that applies to all sorts of like, you know, that old cliche. Time. Thank you. 
I was just getting started. <laughs> Tough luck, buddy. That's we have terrible. the five minutes at the end where we can. Okay, go ahead. Go on. All right, I am going next. Richard, will you start the timer for me? Yeah. So I would like to nominate the relationship between gymnast Simone Biles and her coach, Amy Borman. So Simone Biles was the, one of the most decorated Olympians of this games, and she won a bunch of gymnastics medals. But what I really, really wanted to highlight was the fact that I thought she and her coach, who you could see every single time Simone came down from competing in a bars or vault or whatever, was there to greet her and be really excited for her and thrilled about how she did. And I read all these articles about how her coach had given her more time off and more time with her family. Time's up. All right. Oh, my gosh. That's so quick. Okay. very CTS. My first nomination is The Crucifixion, Understanding the Death of Jesus Christ by Fleming Rutledge. And as one incisive commentator put it, I can hardly think of a book more necessary for our time. Many well-meaning attempts to summarize the good news today barely allude to the cross, and we're left with an anemic, if not false, gospel. Read, mark, and inwardly digest this book if you want to learn about the cross that truly rectifies the ungodly, even the likes of you and me. That was by Mark Galley, by the way, on the blurb. (laughs) (laughs) That was perfectly timed, too. All right. So, guys, I'm going to open the floor. We have five minutes to persuade each other. So, so on on this round? On this round. So, we're choosing between Arrival, uh, your sports thing, and the crucifixion. No, it's not a sports. I, let's at least give her the credit. It's a it's a meaningful relationship between right. an athlete the, and right. coach. Yeah, in right. The context a meaningful of, relationship. A meaningful relationship. A meaningful movie and a meaningful book. I, I would just say that the crucifixion is the most important event in all of history. So not to be ha- confused with the book, which is what Mark is nominating, <laughs> not the event. <laughs> That's true. I would definitely but the be... event continues to have reverberations in 2016. Okay, but that thing already won an award, right? That one is the best book, the, the, the 2000 book award. Uh, book awards, yes. The beautiful, it won and the I will admit this. It was actually published in 2000, late 2015, which why it, Disqualified. <laughs> disqualified. I, but I, it got in the CT Book Awards for 2016. That should count for something. Yeah, because... Yeah, and so the official reason we should state is because it was it was past the deadline for the previous book awards, so it made it into this year's book awards. And Mark himself got to interview the author, theologian, yeah. Fleming Rutledge, which yeah, also makes it more meaningful interview. to you as well. You know, I will say, Mark, did you have a chance to see Arrival? I did see Arrival. I thought it was a good movie. I wouldn't consider it a best of the year movie. Really? I'm definitely in Team Richard as far as best of the year movie. So tell oh, us why you right? didn't we like it. it. Yeah. We all saw Arrival. That's crazy. Yeah, there are not a lot crazy. of movies like that around. Exactly. Here. All right. Why did why did you not without spoilers? Without spoilers, well, I did not think I didn't think it held together plot wise as tightly as it could have. Just one small example. I'm not quite sure why the most brilliant linguist in the United States in the world was working at Montana State, for example. So there were details they like that like all through the movie that, that I there just... There was a guy that would have done it, but he wasn't, yeah, exactly. she wasn't their first choice. I know. She still was the most brilliant in the whole world, and she's working at Montana Montana's State. Montana's not super cosmopolitan, you know? No, no. no offense to Montana State, Man. but usually those people end up at Harvard, Yale, Echo Princeton, Chamber. Oxford. So I loved, I loved the understatedness of it. Yes. I... Thought it did a great job, just like bringing you in and easing you into an, an alien world and and provoking fascination rather than other. I wouldn't say like movies that have aliens cause like cheap emotions, but it takes a lot more to try to make you feel like in awe of something of those aliens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
they were scary aliens, but you never felt like the movie was saying, be scared of these aliens. It, it felt like a movie that we would have made about the aliens. Other, the other plot device that I found tiresome was there's always a group of people, kind of fanatics, who want to blow up the aliens without ever thinking about it. But this it's is like a that's, twist on that. That's a Well, they still try. There's always have to have this character in these movies who are crazies. But like the full, the whole first half like of I, the movie, I get just get tired of that after a while. I thought it was so unique to have the whole first half of the movie have every nation in the world trying to make it work. Like any other movie, it would have been aliens are here, yeah, let's blow fair. them up. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Like they were trying to communicate for a long stretch of the movie. I couldn't even believe it when I was watching it. Anyway, yours sports thing you want to yeah i wanted to finish the anecdote that i read that <laughs> basically said that um amy had let simone like go to birthday parties and take family vacations when she was younger because one of the things that if you watch the olympics that you might remember is that simone was incredibly happy and joyful and like cheering for her teammates all the time on the sidelines and she just seemed like someone who was like very grounded and had had a life outside of gymnastics which is not always the case when exactly. you are doing right. an athlete from the mm-hmm. beginning so the reason I didn't want to just say Simone Biles is because I the more that I read about her coach who's actually from the Chicagoland area and went to high school in Chicago and read about their special relationship I was like this is a very unique bond you know Amy coached Simone from the beginning she was like Simone's original coach found her developed her and then worked with her at this very elite level so thought I would highlight that yeah, that's bit. practically a modern miracle that there's a major sports figure who excels and has a normal Personality, yeah, yeah, that's kind of an amazing thing, and is able to deliver right on the on the floor. Yep. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. we talk about really what was special about the crucifixion? You have thirty seconds. Uh, just that it does a great job of doing an overview of all the atonement theories and trying to resurrect some that have been classic theories that have been ignored for a while, expiation and substitution, for example, uh-huh. while not ignoring the other ones as well. And she she's such a clear writer that. It's an accessible book for uh, laymen, pastors, and theologians. Yeah, a lot of what I've been reading has been just the artistry of the writing. Is not a lot of what I've read about the book. I haven't read the book yet, but all right, we are going to have to call it a wrap. I am going to make a decision. My decision is going to go with Arrival because that was actually on my list to go <laughs> <Yay>. later. <laughs> so I feel like that's like two thirds. Do you us. have a backup? Ah. Were you? Did you guys talk beforehand? Stout, no. vote me here. What's going on here, Mark? You're already don't have no faith in the system. You're looking like a 2016 <laughs> voter right now. Exactly. I think this election's been rigged. <laughs> What's your back? Do you have a backup for arrival? I, I do have some other stuff. Okay. All right. I am next on here. So I have another big thing this year, which I put Lynn Manuel Miranda and Chance the Rapper's Joy, specifically the fact that they have this very public exuberance. So for people who do not know Lin-Manuel Miranda, he is the auteur behind the musical Hamilton, which you may have listened to or seen this year or not, but I highly recommend you do. And Chance the Rapper is a rapper who is from the Chicago, or from Chicago Southside, and he became a Christian earlier this year. Who's next? I'm next. I will nominate uh, The Americans, a TV series that's been going on since 2013, but it still is getting great reviews, especially from Mark Galley. It's a story about uh, a couple, two Soviet KGB officers posing as an American uh, married couple with children. And it basically looks at the the, uh, the tension between being a spy and being a family person and does it extraordinarily well. Man. Look at Mark coming in with seconds to spare. <laughs> I get those later. I get four seconds later. This is what happened, guys, when you write out what you're going to say <laughs> right. ahead of time no, rather kidding. than trying I to speak. I did not write it out. I was summarizing. Really? Yeah. Okay. I was, I was trying to praise your like, work in yeah, advance. I know. I know. Thank you. 
All right. So my what what is mine? Oh yeah, mine is the developers of that Dragon Cancer. Um, so that Dragon Cancer was a big, big deal, a big game. I liked it a lot. Everyone liked it. That was established, but well, most people liked it. Um, a very touching game about um, their uh, uh, Ryan Green's son. So I appreciated that he was willing to put that out there, but also like the interactions that those developers had with the game development community have been astounding, and just in general, the way they've treated their players and people inter- invested in the game. So I, I gave you a little bit of background about these two men that I nominated, but the reason why I just wanted to profile them is they've both been on different kind of like national television, so SNL is one example, um, or in other places where they've been asked to give interviews. And the one thing that you can usually, or I guess Twitter is another place, they're people that are both extremely sincerely happy. And I would say that Twitter is not the place that I normally go to find sincere happiness. Um, (laughs) It's a place where like you're only allowed to be happy if you like wink at something or make some other kind of like Snyder cutting remark. You could be ironically happy. Exactly. But these guys are not into irony at all. They're into sincerity and earnestness um, and also really, really good art. They're very widely respected by their peers in the profession. And to be able to, to be a public figure and put out yourself as someone who is authentically committed to what you do and also to kind of furthering, you know, whether it's the hip hop community or the Broadway musical community, Lin-Manuel Miranda is also going to be in Mary Poppins coming up, makes them to me really distinct today. Chance the Rapper was on uh, Saturday Night Live the other day and it was amazing. Like it was, it was... What did he do? He did, um, he did the finish line and it's just basically about, it's like the perseverance, basically, about like gospel perseverance, like a lot of talk about God and stuff. Uh, he sang happy birthday to Jesus in the middle of the song, which was interesting. And he was just like really outspoken Christian, pretty young Christian, pretty upfront about that, upfront about his struggles, but upfront about his beliefs as well and that sort of thing. So I appreciate that. I have actually nothing to comment on that <laughs> because this is something that's popular. Yeah. And well-liked. Like the And Americans. I'm a contrarian. I mean, and so far, I don't really pay powerful. attention to things until they're like a year or two old, and then they have some staying power. So I, if this is around next year or the year after, I'll be happy to make a comment. And otherwise, I know nothing about it. This episode is brought to you by The Truce Podcast. I'm sure you've been there. You're at an event, a dinner, a small group, and someone says something like, If you're a Christian, you have to vote Republican. Huh. That raises an interesting question. How did evangelicals like me get to the place where we just assumed we'd all vote one way? This season on The Truce Podcast, we're diving deep into the complexity of the 1970s and 80s to understand how evangelicals tied themselves to the Republican Party. It's a story that involves murder, corruption, redemption, and our need to be heard. I'll be talking with celebrated historians like Rick Perlstein, Pulitzer Prize winners Francis Fitzgerald and Jesse Isinger, and some of the best guests I've ever had. Truce is the show that uses journalistic tools to look inside the Christian church. We press pause on the culture wars in order to explore how we got here and how we can do better. Subscribe to Truce anywhere you get podcasts or listen at trucepodcast.com. Well, a lot of people know about the Americans, though. What is what is the? Oh, the Are Americans. you trying to like destroy Mark's do, credibility? I'm trying to do a segue. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Americans is great because it 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 does play on that tension. This couple uh, has to do things as KGB agents: murder people, sleep with people. This sounds wholesome. It's not very wholesome. Are they? Uh, and then they have to have a marriage, 
and figure yeah. out how they're going to negotiate various marital things, how they're going to raise their kids, what, when they're going to tell their kids that they're KGB agents. Their kids are being raised in America, so they're naturally more attractive. They're, be, they're becoming little American patriots until they find out that their parents are KGB agents. And so it's a, there's a lot of tension now. They, the creator of the show actually says the show is not about spying. It's really about marriage and family. And he, he got the idea from when he was a CIA agent how much family played a role in the CIA agents' lives that you don't think about. Mm. Spies are actually just human beings with families and children. and So this show does just a great job of creating that And by giving it kind of an extraordinary circumstance, you're able to then see some of the more mundane tensions played out. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so... Well, note to myself and Richard, who sometimes report to you, <laughs> things to watch over Christmas yeah, break. Yeah, I've been wanting to watch The Americans for a while, actually. Is yeah. there is there um, something uniquely special about season two? Or this, this whatever season? this season is? No, it just con- it just continues the high level of, you know, sometimes the season's uh, shows, the first season is great, second season may be okay, third season starts to drift. But the tension, they've Still just managed good. to cr- keep the plot moving. This year was a year in which the children are being let in on the secret. Yeah. And Thank you for ruining... Okay, I will not make a mental <laughs> wow. note not to know what well, season you know, is. You know, no, you know from season one they're going to have to do that eventually. Spoiler, the inevitable yeah. happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, no, so... Foreshadowing. Anybody who's intelligent will watch and go, they're going to have to tell their children someday. So what happens in season... That isn't a spoiler. Foreshadowing. Our, so really quick, I'm going to talk about Ryan Green and Josh Larson. Your video game, right? Yeah, they made the dra- dra- that Dragon Cancer. And the thing that it's, it's, there's been a lot that's happened in the year since they released their game, and the thing that strikes me is the sort of grace and hope with which they treat all of these things. When they uh, came out with this game, there was a big blow up about how they were. This game was exploitative, which is clearly not true if you wa- if you play the game. How the game was. Um, terrible not worth it they they had some issues with people like watching the game on youtube instead of buying it and they had to like speak out about that a little bit but they did this all with incredible grace and they did it with a sense of like wanting to be on the side of people in their community um they weren't they're not preachy people they ended up winning an award at the end of the year for like at the game awards which aren't like super prestigious but it's as prestigious as it gets but their speech, you have to go look up the speech. Stop talking. I just want to say that it's persuasive because I've not watched the game, but I've read Richard's reviews and others of it, and I have to admit, it sounds like an amazing event if I were to play video games. Yeah. Audience, should I disqualify Richard's nomination for exceeding? I feel exceeding... like I gave you guys a lot of time. And I needed some time. So who's the winner for round two? This is exciting. Judge. Uh... Objective judge. I'm struggling here. What's what are you what are your what's your thought process? Is there something you've eliminated from the running? Well, everything I like I know why Mark likes his, but I don't really want to pick another like film movie thing, but then I'm like so I can't really pick your thing either cuz it's Well, a you video can also game. disqualify it in the sense it's been around since 2013 if you want a rational reason for disqualifying Both it. Both of ours are similar. <laughs> But this is a brand new 2016 thing. That's true. Both of you and mine are similar, Morgan, because it's independent. It's like independent artists who are changing their industry through the hope of just hope. Let's just say hope. Let's not go too far, but through hope. Okay. So I'm picking hope, which I can't actually pick. Man, can I pick? Chance the rapper and the people behind your thing and disqualify Lin Manuel only because Chance and the other guys are Christian. I feel like yours was already a stretch. I think mine was creative. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> if mine was a stretch, we can pick that Dragon Cancer. Also, we did an article about it in CT, and there's some really great podcasts about it as well. Sweet. Okay. 
All right, guys. Mark is going to go first for the last round. The Chicago Cubs winning the 2017 World Series. Simply put, this ended a 71-year National League pennant drought and a 108-year World Series championship drought, which were both record droughts in Major League Baseball. And as a resident of Chicago, one cannot help but appreciate the good news that this brought the land of Chicago. And one thing it will stop is people complaining about the Cubs never winning a World Series, which I would be glad to hear less of. Mine is um, reading, so sitting down to read the entire, uh, well, one-fourth of, this is actually not that impressive, but I sat down to read one-fourth of the Book of John with the ESV Reader Bible recently when I got that as a gift, and... um, it was a remarkable experience. It's not often that I read the Bible that way. You do this thing where you lock yourself into thinking you've got to read one chapter every day. And when you do that, you find yourself having to pull devotional things out. Gosh, I'm bad at this. <laughs> okay. So mine is actually in October night in Cleveland this year. This is the night that the Cavaliers, the Cleveland Cavaliers, were celebrating. They got their um, NBA championship trophy and rings. And uh, literally across the street from where the Cavaliers were getting this, the Cleveland Indians were playing in their first World Series game in about 20 years. And for anyone that knows anything about Cleveland, the city had gone without a championship for decades. And so it was no small Um, feat. All right. All right. All right. I will say that I did feel sorry for the Cleveland Indians during the World Series because they have won a World Series in a long, long time either. Decades, 40, 50 years, 60 years. Yeah, 1940s. Under normal circumstances, America would have been rooting for them, except that they were playing the Cubs, who hadn't won a World Series in 108 years. Yeah, I guess it's not like I'm anti the Cubs at all, because, hello, I went to the parade here. But the Cubs, to me, are still part of a city that has done pretty well for itself in the 20th century. I read this great thing about the fact that Cleveland, back when the World Series was played in the 1940s, was one of the biggest cities in the United States and now is like 51 or 52 for how big it is. So it's really declined since that time and has kind of taken on this identity of being the losers, but not just one sports team. All their sports teams have. And if anyone follows... the Cleveland Browns back in the day. (laughs) Yeah, were great, but not... You know, and and when they drafted LeBron back in the day, they kind of thought LeBron was going to take them to a championship and instead he spurned them for the Miami Heat and went back there and won championships. I do remember that. And so for him to come back this year and um, beat the Warriors, who I really cheered for, was kind of a really big deal in the way that they did that. And so even though I think that the Indians lost for Cleveland to kind of have a little bit of a tweak in its identity and how it saw itself, and to see all these national sports writers that don't really write articles about didn't Cleveland. didn't Cleveland come back from a three to one deficit or something like for the, that for the NBA? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Well, and people made jokes the entire off season about like three one about how the Warriors had lost after being up three one, and then the Indians lost after being up three one. Oh yeah, that's and people right. are like, that's not really funny though. It's only <laughs> yeah. funny because it's the Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk a little more about just the the value of ha- being presented with a form that encourages you to read the Bible kind of like it's meant to be read in certain cases. I I think um, that's been really helpful for me to just sit down and read. So the thing about John is it has this arc to it that's tied to the eyes of like 
the ideas of living water and the bread of life, and it escalates to a point where Jesus is like basically trolling the Pharisees. <laughs> he's he's like, no, you've got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And then his disciples go, what are you doing? We liked all that really nice stuff you were saying about living water and bread of life, but this is a little too far. And he's like, well, leave. And they're like, fine, we'll leave. And all of that is a, a narrative arc that I totally missed somehow, like when I was reading the Bible devotionally, day after day, chapter by chapter. But when you sit and read it like a book, which it is. As opposed to breaking it up always. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, I did that on my study leave this December. I read through the Gospel of Matthew that way. And mm-hmm. it is amazing how you see certain things just come up again and again that re- help you rethink what the book's actually about. Who, What is Jesus about in this book? Yeah. What's he doing? Yeah. yeah. So you're you're advocating specifically for this tool then yeah uh yeah i guess the esv reader bible well now we have a couple more minutes for mark and i to talk more about sports which is awesome because i can this is a tough one though i will have to admit i have a soft spot for cleveland as well for precisely the reasons you've you've said mm-hmm. they have they are but they're not lovable losers like the cubs and i'm not quite sure why that is maybe well, okay so tell me what do you think it takes to be lovable so obviously with the cubs their drought had gone on for about 30 40 more years than the Indians, do they just not lose for long enough? I don't know. Some of it has to do with WGN, which used to broadcast, which which was on everybody's cable network all across the country for years, for a while, and that's the, that's the station that broadcast all the Cubs games so everybody in America could watch the Cubs games if they wanted. I'm not sure why they were lovable, though. Uh, that's a good question. They, I have noticed that Chicago fans are more loyal to their players and their former players than other cities are. I mean, Jim McMahon is still honored in the city. Mike Ditka is still honored in the city, even though they left a long time ago and went into other teams. So there, there might be something to do with Chicago sports ambiance. Maybe mine is the rise of reader Bibles. But the other Bible is called Biblioteca. You really changed yours. The, the, Disqualified. The other Bible is called... <laughs> no, then go with the original. The other Bible is called Biblioteca, just to be clear. It's a different translation. Okay, five minutes, Morgan. I'm sorry. Time's Are you up. sorry? No one's sorry on this show, guys. It seems obvious that we would like. The All right, before I before I like out. before I give my verdict, I just want to remind everyone that they can subscribe to our magazine and keep us into our second year of podcasting. We all had a great time, as far as I know. Maybe I'm just speaking for myself. Does anyone want to affirm it. what I'm saying? Great, a great time. time today or all year? All year. Oh yeah, definitely. Really, uh, it's a first for Christianity Today to have podcasts. Thanks to Richard Clark's leadership and initiative. Hey. You're welcome. Yeah. So if you want us to have podcasts in year two, in 2017, you have to remember we were one of the best things that probably happened to you in 2016. The bar (laughs) may be low for that. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, please subscribe to our magazine. And if you subscribe now, you will get an issue that has a photograph of Martin Luther on it. And you'll have to see it for yourself. So you can get a subscription to CT by going to orderct.com slash quick to listen, orderct.com slash quick to listen. That's 10 issues for $10 for an entire year. So I highly recommend that you guys do that. I will finally give my last verdict right now. And I'm going to give it to the Cubs because, wow, (laughs) sore loser over here. I am a sore loser. (laughs) I am awarding this to this because obviously I am a homer. No, I am doing it because as someone who 
love sports and baseball and all that type of stuff, 108 years is a very long time. And what really pushes over the edge for me is all the people who have really sentimental connections, who think about all the people that they love whenever someone wins something and something that they wanted to share with someone. And there were just a lot of like really touchy moments of people fathers who- Fathers and sons, fathers, sons, and grandfathers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people who remember listening to games or, you know, there was one guy about who listened to the final game at his dad's gravestone. Huh. Wow. Because he just wanted to experience that moment with him. Wow. And so the Indians aren't, technically they're not, their drought hasn't been long enough where that has happened to the same degree where people have lived entire lives without experiencing that. And I know firsthand that winning a championship makes you just feel so loved by your team. It's really awesome. All right. Do we pick a winner? Of of those three? Of everything. Of the three at this point. The arrival, the developers of that dragon cancer. And the Cubs. The Cubs. What if I don't want to pick? <laughs> well, that's your whole job. <laughs> I'm just saying In leadership moment, is hard. <laughs> you only have one shot. And believe me, we're not going to criticize you, at least for very long, no matter what you say. Richard criticized me right after I made my <laughs> pronouncement about the Cubs. I, I didn't say that I wouldn't criticize you. I definitely will. Okay, I'm picking the Cubs again because I honestly what? feel like sports have the broadest what? appeal. And I, that's exactly what I love sports. Richard, you are a video game fan who got into sports this year. You watch the Cubs. You're going to uh, have yeah, this memory with... That happens with, pretty much every year in various sports. You're going to have this memory I'm with game, Atticus. I'm a game fan, but I just need a reason to care. I know, but I'm saying you could get into that. Yeah. Mark and I, unfortunately or fortunately, have not gotten into video games and probably will no, not do true. that. That's true. It's a little more universal and accessible. And for me, the most important thing is that sports still provide a common language for us all to talk about things. And I did write a sports column for years and tried to see moments of grace what, in the field of sports. What uh, article should people search for? Uh, they probably should go Christianity Today, Mark Galley, sports, and you'll see a whole list of... You don't uh, have a favorite? Oh, No. No, okay. I can't remember. I do remember one of just uh, talking about the grace of a double play, how beautiful a thing it is to watch. That's good. So. Cool. I completely agree with you. I love watching shortstops. All right, everyone. It was really fun to hang out with these two this week, and I hope you guys had fun hanging out with us as well. I hope, again, you had a Merry Christmas and have a great New Year as well. Thank you for listening to another episode of Quick to Listen slash The Calling. This podcast is a production of Christianity Today, and you can find our other podcasts by searching iTunes for Christianity Today. Remember to head over to orderct.com slash quick to listen to subscribe for our lowest price. And thank you so much to our producer, who's been our producer all year, Cray Allred. So find our show on iTunes, SoundCloud, like the show. Please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes. And also remember, this is not the typical format for our shows. We will see you next week. Bye. Every day, CT testifies to the reality that Jesus is alive, transforming his world and bringing his kingdom to bear. Jesus transforms, CT equips. Make a gift to our nonprofit ministry with a gift of $20 to provide 150 more people with redemptive storytelling, global perspective, and thoughtful podcasts. Give now at morect.com equip.